Take a listen to these words I'm gonna manifest. Because we're talking about manifesting, blowing up the spot on the Luke Cage After Show. Uh, episode 7 and 8, let's get started. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey there, Luke Cage fans. Welcome back to After Buzz TV. Time to talk about episodes seven and eight. Who's excited? I'm so excited. I'm very excited. It's early, so it may not sound like I'm very excited, but oh my god, so much happened. The course of the television show just shifted. Yeah. It was beautiful. A it's, lot happened. A lot happened in these episodes. Some like shifts. Yep. Major shifts happened. Uh, hey guys, I'm your host, Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm joined today by Joelle Monique. Hey guys, I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique and every week at BlackGirlNerds.com. Jesse Klein. Hi everyone, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessKlein1. That's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. Man, the ones and twos in the booth, we've got Alexis Torres. Can we hear Alexis? Yeah, I'm here. I'm There's sorry. There's Alexis. I was trying. Hi, guys. You can find me over social media at 8Torres890. Let's do this. Tari Miller on assignment. We sent him deep into the heart of Harlem to find out I don't stuff. He's going to make sure we get that uh, Dr. Doom uh, Luke Cage story. God, I hope so. Oh That's God. what his mission is. You heard it, Tari. <laughs> get it done. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's dissect episodes seven and eight, manifest and blown up the spot. Yeah. Uh, whoa. <laughs> yep. Uh, these episodes had some of the biggest moments so far in the series. Uh, like, lo- I love that nobody spoiled these for yeah. me. Thank you, internet. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Um, I mean, the big moment, obviously, was the end of episode seven. Yes. Uh, like, did any of you guys expect that to happen? Yes. Okay. Yes and no. I'm go- you- well, like, how like how early when you say you expected it? When we met Mariah the first time. Now, did you expect her to kill Cottonmouth, or did you expect her rogue side to come out? I expected rogue side to come out. I, was I expected her to kill Cottonmouth. Interesting. Because uh, it's a it's a mob story. This is this mm. is basically like you know the Godfather or anything like any like classic mob story, and it's always that thing where it's like the crazy front guy who at first you think is the real bad person, but it's really the person with the money running everything is actually the person who ends up being the main bad guy or the main boss of the mob, and so like you could tell just like. You know, you go back and watch those first after shows with us. I said I didn't think Mariah was a paragon of good and virtue. I said I, <laughs> I, I said I thought she was the main villain, uh, and uh, and you can kind of, you could kind of tell that like this is where it was going. I didn't expect them to kill Cottonmouth. I expected her to like turn on him and put him in the hospital, or like somehow beat the crap out of him and make him subservient to her. Or even betray him and send him to jail. That was but, more the line that I was expecting. To, like, basically, like, in the wake of this, like, disavow him and get rid of him. I did not expect her to kick him out a window. But these mob stories, like, they're... It's very similar to basically, like, most of the mob stories that you watch or see in yeah. 
Television. Also to opera, which in, has these very high dramatic moments. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but just where where cooler heads could prevail. Opera's like, nah, just fuck it. Like, throw them over the side. Kill them. <laughs> let's end it. Um, yeah, I definitely swear expect... Swear jar. I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Oh, we didn't make Guys, a swear I jar. made a swear jar and I forgot it. No! I was dealing with Rocky running out of the house, so Sad I'm face. sorry. That's her puppy. Yeah. yeah. Context. <laughs> no. Not her boyfriend or husband. <laughs> he ran out of the house straight out the of the house. <laughs> she had to go chase catch him. Down. Um, anyway, Joelle, you're... Yeah, uh, just... I feel like Mariah was definitely going to turn, and I'm glad we finally get to see this side of her. But I do wonder... Uh, I still think that she does want good things for her neighborhood. I oh, still I, think that's at the forefront. I do, too. I think, I think her two main motivations are... Cleaning up Harlem and making sure she's good, and those are her two things. And I think that's, I think that was perfectly motivated by her killing Cottonmouth. Mm. I think it was a moment of passion, yes. But at that moment, all of her money was gone. Luke Cage was like this hero that everyone was looking towards. Cottonmouth was, you know, kind of exposed, and uh, it was. You know, all of that pressure on her and him calling her that name and all of that put together, uh, just she snapped and did it. But it, I think it was perfectly motivated for the character. And yeah, I think she does want what's best for Harlem, but she's willing to kill and, you know, steal as much as she can in order to do what she thinks is best. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I, yeah, she probably, I imagine she had thought about killing him already like earlier in the day yeah She's like, what if i just killed his ass and and then it's when all it took was him bringing up the past yeah her horrible past and like that accusation so you guys think at one point she was meditating this i didn't think I that think, at all i think she like thought about it but like did, like didn't put that thought aside so like i could I would love to, but I'm not going to do that. He's my cousin. But in that moment, she's, it was more of a, like, screw it, I'm doing it, as opposed to a just, like, I'm mad at you for saying this thing, so I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I think, I think like, because she's very practical, she was like, ah, oh, things would, like, it wasn't even, like, something that she was like, I should kill him. It was more like, ah, oh, things would be so much easier if I killed him. And then she like, and then she kept on like in the way that most people think about killing their family. Like I feel like it's very passive. <laughs> yeah. Like oh my god, I would kill you. Like and then I would not have issues anymore. But I don't know if she ever was like got to a calculating phase. I, I really I feel disagree, like it was though because think about how much. Sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Think about how much she. Like, we've seen her now be more calculating. Like, yeah, yes, it's a little bit in the wake of it, but I think it's also, like, if you look at her backstory, it's sort of like how she feels about cleaning up Harlem. Like, she yeah. wants Harlem to be a better place than she lived in when she grew up, than it was under Ma Mabel. But what Ma Mabel taught her is the only way she knows to go about these things. And see, and I read this as... Um... Like, we get that scene earlier where she's like, oh, you could drown him. Yeah. Can you poison him? And I, like, she's just a product, as you were saying, she's a product from where she came. Like, I'm still surprised nobody ever tried one of those things. Because it seemed like real, like, when she said drown him, I'm like, 
Yeah, drought. That sounds. I mean, like that's horrible. But like that sounds like a great option. No, Throw him in the Hudson. You could Jason it and just chain him to a boulder and like leave him in the middle of like yeah. a lake or something. So even if he doesn't drown, he's like you know he can't escape. Maybe. <laughs> no, let's let's wait for these magic bullets and see what <laughs> happens. Like yeah, they should have tried poisoning him and drowning him. Like you know using gas, like tear gas, to knock him out. And then throw them in the Hudson, yeah. Just casual carbon monoxide, even. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Just like, be able to walk away from it. Like, this doesn't even feel mob related. I imagine it would take an, an extra large amount of like uh, carbon monoxide to knock out somebody like Luke Cage because he is like the fact that he has a healing factor as yeah. well implies that he has a, like his body's going to be more resistant to that, but he should still be susceptible to it. Yeah. And then he's just a heavy dude. And then you got to move Mike Coulter. Like, it's already tricky, uh, even just as Mike Coulter. We saw how much trouble Claire had in Jessica Jones. (laughs) Um,. But let's 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 dig into the backstory because we got like so we got like some of we got Luke Cage's origin story a couple yeah. episodes ago. Now we get the Cottonmouth and Mariah backstory, and it. What did you guys think of it? I loved it. Uh, yeah, these Netflix shows are so good at showing these backstory episodes because it reminded me of. <coughs> you remember the episode in Daredevil where <coughs> we got to see. Uh, we got to see uh, Kingpin and him staring at the wall. Yes, I do. And and like seeing his origins and seeing that how he basically became who he was is he killed his dad and realized that's how you get power. And uh, this reminded me very much of that, where we see where the mentality of both these people come from. And I also love that like Cottonmouth was an, a, a prodigy. Like he had. He had he had an ability that he could have, you know, been something other than a mob boss. Yeah. And instead was kind of forced into this world. What I like is that um it's a woman reinforcing like a male patriarchal system of like you're the man and you need yeah, to go out and you need to run the thing. streets. Yeah. Um and you know, she's gonna go to school. And then it's kind of got a twist on it because instead of staying at home and like he being like, You're gonna go to school and become a lawyer and you're gonna be like the next big thing. And I like how much we get to see how opposite that should have been. How Black Mariah might have just run the shit out of those streets. Excuse my swearing, guys, this morning. It's early. Um, and uh, Cottonmouth could have been like a musical genius. And it also brings a lot of levity to the early scenes where we see Cottonmouth watching performers in his club. Yeah. And I think it brings a whole new kind of gravitas to the club and a meaning to Cottonmouth. That's so tragic. Yeah. I mean, it's it was tough to watch because this is like a gentle kid i mean what do you guys think of seeing him as a not just i i love the the idea of him as a prodigy Mm -hmm. a music prodigy what do you guys think of him being this gentle soul who was then sort of corrupted i almost feel like seeing cottonmouth that feels more like somebody who's just like built that way instead of like reaching like what was he 13 or so 14 when he was like turned well for me at least it kind of makes sense because uh we kind of saw how he's kind of not good at it, if it makes sense. Because you know how, like, Shades is always telling me, like, I don't know what's going on with you. I feel like you're not, your head's not in the game, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense because the fact that he, even though he keeps saying that he was that he was brought up with this sh- shit. I'll throw that into the swear jar. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, 
every time he says that, I can see that little 14-year-old who, like, actually was kind of forced, not really brought up into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, and it also makes sense, just to piggyback off that, the, like, uh, what it takes to get him to snap. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pushing him so far, or spinning in his face. Disrespect is a huge trigger for him, mm-hmm. or anything is perceived as disrespectful because it's been so bred out of him. Yeah. Like, you don't take that. Um, I, I just feel like I fully understand Cottonmouth in one episode now. Yeah, and I and and I love it because we were thinking of just like how evil he was, and then now we're kind of like, oh, I guess you really didn't start out that way. It was more like you kind of had no choice. I I also like how it started off seeming like it was an origin story for Cottonmouth, and then it turned into an origin story for Mariah. Yeah, yeah, like. Like, they, there was, like, that subtle turn where it was, like, you know, Mariah was always in the background of all of Cottonmouth's flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And then there was a point where they were equals in those flashbacks. And I was, like, uh, I, I think that was a really good uh, storytelling for this episode. I think I think it really kind of showed that if, you, if you're paying attention to that, you would know by the end of the episode that Mariah was going to kill Cottonmouth. Yeah. And that he was, he was done. Yeah. And that was like this big term was I like for I think most of the flashback we were totally on Pete's side, like he was the one like pushing Cottonmouths or he, yeah. was, he was pushing his like musical ability, taking to him to auditions. Didn't want him to get like deeper involved with like beating people up, like trying to protect him in a lot of ways. And then it was it all it took was that one moment that that one revelation about what he had done to Mariah. Yeah. And like, cause to the point where it, when they're like pushing him outside, I was like, no, don't kill him. Like, then who's going to push his musical career? <laughs> um, but even but, like, uh, sorry to interrupt Zach. Um, but like, even just like that little glimpse of him talking to Mariah at the dinner table I'm and kind of seeing that weird kind of squirm that she did. I was like, Oh, he's been doing some weird stuff. I think I definitely her. picked up on each person had, chosen a child to protect and rear yeah. uh, and they were a little bit pitted against each other but it was clear that they didn't like each other nope. it's kid like they were like your kid is weak kind of want to have sex with your kid gross um Ugh. I'll just gross myself out guys Ugh. yep yeah no so that's that's exactly what the character was I mean even yeah. though we were like rooting for him because he was you know supporting uh, uh, Cottonmouth but at the same time there was just something real skeevy especially anytime when Mariah was in the room I was just like oh make it stop yeah, I mean, but that's what made it when he when when Cottonmouth shoots him, we're a little more okay with it at least. Yeah, yeah. It, was it, anyone else expecting Mariah to shoot him? I kind of no. thought. I really yeah. thought it was going to head in that. I thought she was going to just take that gun right out of his hand and shoot him. No, I mean, mm. I Only, think Mama wouldn't have let him or let her technically. Yeah, she I mean, really wanted Cottonmouth to do it. Yeah, she really wanted it. this was like a learning thing for him. But also like we had seen that uh that setup which I which I liked priming it that way where he took out the gun and he still has that gun. Yeah. Uh that he effectively not I know not like actually but like effectively killed his father figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like not his father but his father figure uh in that moment. Uh but yeah, him holding the gun up to the mirror. Like I was like okay of course, he's like this is where he's going to shoot. Good call on props. I like the pearl inlay of the gun on the handle. Yeah. The fact that it's like this kind of ornate jewel, like bejeweled piece. Very seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, we hit into that uh, that real that heavy seventies vibe a lot there. 
Uh, I think I was uh, somebody pointed out uh, online that like uh, uh, was this, was the song with uh, Jesse James uh, from the seventies that they were playing in the background, oh, which I felt no like idea. it was important. I can uh, think of one song with Jesse James from the seventies, and it is a Bob Dylan song. So I don't think that's the one. <laughs> no, it was uh, I'm Bad Like Jesse James, okay. John Lee Hooker. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, just like there's a lot, of, a lot of people turning. There's well, a lot of people turning. And Jesse James was famously killed by being shot in the back, yep. which is how Cottonmouth basically died. He was hit in the back Yeah. with a bottle. Can we talk about how... Like the sound effect oh. of the bottle hitting the back of his head, I was like, "Whoa, yeah. that was nuts!" And it wasn't that like TV style no. like bottle, like because in TV you expect like, the bottle to hit and then it sm- shatters, it breaks, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, that kind of hurt," but it shattered, so like it didn't have as much impact. Yeah. Like, no, wine bottles are hard to Dunk. break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it reminded me of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Oh Jesus! Like, Why? Why? <laughs> but that that accusation of that, like she wanted it. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a horrifying thing to say to mm-hmm. a victim. But just like that was it. That was all it took for her to go they over were the edge. Really both victims. And mm-hmm. while what Cottonmouth's saying is atrocious, what Mariah was saying to him was equally as terrible. Like this fact, like this idea that like this is where you always belonged, and the idea that there, like your whole life, essentially, no one wanted you. Like, you are nothing, and you're only where you are because of me, which is clearly not true. Like, he's done so much. Like, I just, it sucks to see, like, to see family go this hard at each other, especially knowing how much they love each other. Like, I was, like, thinking of my first cousins, and I was like, no, don't fight. I really like you guys. You could do a lot together. And then he just, he said the wrong thing. And I don't blame her for snapping. I thought the window was going to be it. When she went down the stairs... And continued? Grabbed the microphone stand and was just like, nope, done. Um, I was shocked. No, I like I like I said, I need to stop watching these episodes at work. But (laughs) I I was on my lunch break and I was like, I'm going to watch one episode and see how I feel. Because I was like, it's probably not going to be that bad. Uh, um, But I yeah, I thought that like he fell out the window and that was it. But as soon as he started to crawl, I was like, no, no, Mariah, no. And then like you can kind of like you can't really hear her words and everything was like, no, he's going to die. And as soon she picked up that microphone. I was like, I had to like minimize my window, and all you hear is the noises. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> it was a great scene. It was, um, it was really good. But of course, let, let's go back to our boy Luke. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, hey Luke. Because <laughs> uh, he's important to this you know, show. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. You know. um, it's his name on the. <laughs> I love so like in the last episode where it, it closed off because episode six like when we all because we all stopped there it felt like it was like the clo- like it could have been the close of a short yes. season yeah mm-hmm. uh, and then so we picked up in this episode and it, it it did really feel like this was like a new arc like almost like volume two in a way even though I know it's season one still yeah uh, but because like so Cottonmouth just like it's that that twist, like if you had a mid-season break in like a traditional show, it almost feels like the B side of an album. Like if you've got the A side, which is your pop collection, your traditional like Luke Cage story, yeah. And now we flipped it over to like the villain side, and we're learning more about them, and we're getting deeper into these kind of darker, more tragic stories as we mm. go further. Um, it's fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love picking up with. Uh, Luke crashing Zip's gun deal. 
Yeah. Like, the per- he just walks up. He sees it because he's Luke Cage. Like, nothing is going to happen. Well, at least he's thinking for now. Mm-hmm. Nothing could possibly hurt me. He just strolls up. Do I even need to say it? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone this, just starts running. This is the best gun breaking we've seen in TV, <laughs> by the way. It looks, it doesn't look like the corny, like, Superman, where he'd, like, roll up a gun, like, fruit by the foot. Like, <laughs> oh, now I want fruit by the foot. Or, like, I'm just sorry. breaking it in half. I yeah. do like, fit, yeah, well, I do feel like guns wouldn't necessarily bend, bend yeah. like this. They I, snap, right? I love it. I think it's... <laughs> it's like his superheated like lava hands and he's just like... Rah! It's like molten rock afterwards. It's nice. I think it's great. I'm really into it. I love it every time. He's done it like six or seven times now. And every time I'm like, I really enjoy this. Because it's, it's like a comic book. I really want to <laughs> know what the props are like made of yes. to let do him that? do that. Because like they seem to stay afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they they always do a cutaway. So I'm assuming there is a... They didn't do it with this one, though. Yeah, yeah. no, they stayed on that shot as he bent it. Yeah. And then I, it, like, he like held, kept holding it. I think there's a hidden cut in there somewhere maybe, maybe. it's I, possible i think yeah. i think well, it's two i think it's two different props i think it's gun and then bent gun it wouldn't surprise me if they had a before and after but i really feel like uh they i think on the red carpet for the show they yeah, had, they had the that actors pipe. like bending right. like metal objects and things yeah there were pipes yeah. wait is is luke cage a real guy <laughs> uh-huh. uh, is luke cage a real guy um but like the, it goes this was like the start of what we were sort of like luke cage being like luke cage yeah. of of marvel comics mm. like he where he's like protecting the streets just like going around breaking up deals and stopping bad guys everyone knows who he is yeah like he's um he's the protector of harlem but that doesn't last for very long because now, now that Shades knows who he is and Cottonmouth, get, all he needed was a little bit of information and he could find out everything he needed to know about Carl Lucas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when the blackmail starts. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think of this whole, like, the, when Cottonmouth brings him in for the parlay and then it's basically like, I own you. What did you think of, well, specifically, what did you think of Luke's reaction to that? The, the Like, in fight, in fight or Flight, he decides flight. Uh, I think, to me, it seemed like the right thing for Luke Hayes to do, just because, like, he's been Luke Hayes. Like, he's created this persona to protect him and to also protect other people. Uh, but Carl Lucas is not Luke Cage, I think, in, in Luke's mind, and I think it's... I don't think he's ready for any of that information to be spilled out. I think he's finally just getting comfortable. He's finally getting on his feet. So I totally understood his decision. Like, and he's not going to kill. Like that, Luke Cage doesn't just kill Willy Nilly, which kind of your only other option. I, I mean, I think I thought it was interesting. I think number one, him running away is in character because I mean, Luke Cage being in Harlem is him running away from problems. Uh, and even though he's kind of accepted this hero role, as soon as Carl Lucas gets brought up, he's vulnerable again. I also feel like the people of Harlem, if they'd learned that Luke Cage was a guy who was in prison and serving time as an ex-cop, I feel like they would forgive him. Like, he's all he's done is good for so far that the people know is good for Harlem. Like, they would forgive him. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a good a good uh, like trump card to use. I don't think it, it's something that 
there's a lot of power over Carl Lucas or Luke Cage. I feel like you're totally right about Harlan being like, uh, you know, a lot of people have gone to jail. It's really not that big of a deal. You've clearly reformed yourself. Uh, but I totally understand why Luke Cage is like, no. Oh, for sure, yeah. No. He, he doesn't even want to go to the police station. like. Or in episode eight, the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man, when we get, uh, we're going to get an episode eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I did like that somebody at one point was like the saga of Luke Cage. Uh, they just said, like, that quote aloud was, like, that was cool. Um, but then, of course, we get Misty. Uh, Misty's dealing with her own thing yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just want to go I want to go to Misty and then get to the end so we can get into episode eight. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Because Misty, uh, she's sort of, uh, she's got a new boss, mm-hmm. uh, Priscilla, or Inspector Gadget. Who's an old boss made new. Yeah, yeah. her former yeah. lieutenant. Yeah. Who... It has it out for her, it seems, in these episodes. We can we talk a little bit about Obsidian in this, too. Um, what do you guys think of the new boss? Uh, See, I don't think she has it out for her. I think, uh, I think she is protecting her by kind of forcing her to go out of her way to, like, look like she's doing the job that Mariah wants her to do, basically. And, like, that the public want her to do. Like that's that's what that's what I'm kind of getting from her. Yeah. You mean like she's under pressure to do the job because she's coming into like a dirty task force? Yeah, like I think I think what Priscilla is doing is pushing Misty to at least look like she is playing the game she's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. I get I get a a different vibe from Priscilla, which is you've you've been through a lot. Like so much has happened to you. And your head is not in the game. Sure. Like, I just feel like instead of... I think it's more of a protective thing of, like... Like, Missy's all over the place right now. She's, you know, she's a one-woman machine, like, gonna solve all the crime by herself. She doesn't trust anyone, which... 50% 50% and not a lot of consequences um, for the police department. It makes sense to me that she's, like, closing herself off. But I also think that it's one of the most dangerous things an officer can do. Like, you need your partner and you need other people. So I kind of got this feeling that Priscilla was, like, maybe slow down a bit. Like, take your time and look around and really focus on the task at hand. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't given her a new partner. Well, literally her last two partners were dirty cops. Yeah, but like, don't isn't and it? One of them don't tried to kill. Cops her. have to operate with a partner generally. Uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe if you're a detective inspector, like, I don't know if you need one. Hmm. I think you're supposed to have one, but maybe I don't know they if haven't you need found one. one for her yet. Yeah. So there is she yeah. in that weird waiting period, maybe. Possible. There, I mean, maybe all of the detectives were dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, remember I mean, it was half the precinct. Yeah, yeah. that's what they said. Fifty percent. Yeah. Um. I was surprised that they let Cottonmouth off. Like, I was trying to follow the logic here. Yeah. What they said was that the, because they have the notebooks that Mm. Scarf had where he logged everything. Yes. But they said that because Scarf was dead, those didn't hold up. Yeah, evidence-wise. I feel like that's more than enough for, like, that booklet, which, like, obviously, Scarf didn't have time to doctor. They found it in his apartment. The guy was clearly shot over some things, like, with his own gun. Yeah. So, 
that seems like more than enough for at least a grand jury. But didn't either at the beginning of uh, at the end of episode six or beginning of episode seven, they said something like "scarf's dirty" and he's our only witness, and all we have are like it's not a video confession, which is really great for juries. It's like just written. So I think there's a connotation that perhaps he could have like doctored it previously in order to cover himself and have a clear name. But like it's hard to trust a dirty cop. But you're not trying to get a jury right now. You're just trying to keep him arrested. Yeah. And. Uh, I, I feel like that is enough evidence to have someone in jail at least. Because a grand jury's trial. a grand jury's only job is not to decide whether he's innocent or guilty, but just to determine whether there is enough evidence to warrant a trial. Yeah. Or if it's just like, no, obviously this like you have nothing going on here. Doesn't Cottonmouth have a line where he says, You thought I just owned like this portion, but like I've got everything. Like I'm trying to remember where this line comes from. Maybe. I mean, he does have a good lawyer behind him. He's got uh, Ben Donovan, yeah. who is also Wilson Fisk's lawyer. Yep. Uh, and, like, is, like, a crazy large, like, ten-foot dude in the comics. <laughs> he is huge in the comics. Uh, I feel like perhaps Cottonmouth owned more than the police. I feel like he maybe had, like, ties, like, judges and things. And if you have maybe. judges on the payroll, it would yeah. be really easy to that's get you true. out. And that's, that's true. And that's fair. I mean, if you had 50% of the precincts, like, there's no way you do. You don't, you don't, court, you don't be like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get some corrupt uh, officials <laughs> on my side, but I'm stopping at the cops. I don't Is need it? nobody on the court <laughs> side. <laughs> Uh, so I, okay, I'll, I'm willing to grant that it was, the, yeah. but they kept saying like they brought it up multiple times the whole thing that like his evidence didn't stand because he was dead, and that just rang so not yeah real to me. I said last episode that it's just it's when uh the former boss lady who's now sacked uh came out and she was like oh there's just like not a lot we can do and I was like those guys in the room are sketchy and the way they had that shot where we were seeing them through like three separate frames and there was so much separation between Misty and the guys behind the curtain. Um, there's a lot of shady business going down yeah. and I hope Luke gets into some political intrigue like more as Mariah rises. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, it especially was just like because I think it was framed against the manhunt for Luke Cage because like they, in episode eight, blank, like decided to frame him for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just can't, can't, can't keep stop getting framed for stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think he just he has one of those faces where he's like, they're like, you look like you're probably a kind person, framed for murder. You're large and dark, framed for murder. <laughs> that too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Joel. Hey, um, um, he's a prime. He's definitely. I would be intimidating if you just think like uh, bland juries. You know, like if you bring him in in like chains and a jumpsuit. Yep, that's it. That's it. You're like, oh yeah, he's going to jail. Guilty. Done. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Um, Thank you, society, for <laughs> painting these biases that we all live in. And yep. can't escape. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of Priscilla's assertion that Luke has to be like the primary suspect because he's like the key link? I think that's basic cop yeah. like demeanor. Like all signs point to him, and we haven't ruled him out. So at this point, main suspect. And in episode eight, we see that Misty is kind of being a bad cop because of it. I mean, even though it's a made up story that Luke killed Cottonmouth, the waitress points out that like. She knows that Misty ended up hooking up with Luke Cage that night at the bar. And because of that, Misty is not bringing Luke in 
as like persistently as we've seen how Misty is. But yeah. okay, let's also remember that Misty was at Pop's funeral. Yeah. And she saw the reaction of Harlem to him. And, like, what kind of guy goes around just killing people and having buildings blown up? And Missy's been number one on his ass for a while, swear jar. Um, she's been, you know, following him around. She's been telling him, like, you need to not show up to Pop's funeral. You need to not get involved with things. You need to stop before more people get hurt. So I think that Missy maybe has gotten to a point where she's just like, I don't think this is our guy. Like, she... I just feel like she's 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 done but but like part of basic detective work is like eliminate all of the evidence that's yes. wrong and like so you got to you got to bring in Luke Cage and like eliminate him from the equation for everyone in the police department so that but they're 50% not 50% corrupt yes. and she's got to bring this guy in and she's had sex with him like it's just messy <laughs> like when she was supposed to be working like she was like mm, I'm going to just sidestep for a hot second and get me some um I, I, yes, it, it definitely looks like from the outside in like bad police work. I get for sure, you know, why her captain is like, we need to correct this. But I totally understand when Missy's like, I need to focus my energy elsewhere. Like, why someone killed my partner and it's, I had him, I cuffed him, and then the system let him walk. And she's already been having issues with the system. We've seen this, you know. Yeah, uh, it's definitely leading for her to be a private detective. Yeah, right? it definitely, and I think that it's yeah. like partially because of heroes what's, for hire. <laughs> because of what Scarf show. had had has said, like, or had said about like the idea of the vigilante. Yeah, um, I think Missy heard that a little bit. Like, she's mm. still on the the cop side. Like, bring him in. Like, vid, she, like vote. Like out outside. Like, she's saying vigilantism is wrong but i think that there's something in her heart where she because she knows luke and know at least at least a little bit enough to know that he has good motivations it's hard to say like no don't do that even when she can see the good result that like she wasn't able to bring about from what he's doing but also like she already she went to the hospital without any backup or anything like that saying she was going to make an arrest i think like half her brain was like i'm a cop i'm going to make an arrest the other half of her brain was like i'm a vigilante I'm going to go make sure my friend Luke Cage is okay. And see, and I'm yeah. not sure she was thinking at all. I yeah. really feel like she's fallen into chaos again. She has not stopped to address all of the things that have happened yep. to her recently. Like, just just losing your partner, you're supposed to take a seat. Like, yeah. You're supposed to sit down and, like, collect yourself and mourn and aren't then come back. To, um, aren't most cops supposed to go to, like, therapy of some sort after they lose I, yeah. a partner? Yes. Probably, yeah. And I know and everything's happening very, very fast right now. So I understand where this might get overlooked. Where so, it might be like, we're just, like, someone yeah, killed a cop. We're in captains. Like, yeah. it's been just a cluster, you know, of things. They're also supposed to go to therapy after they discharge, like, their service yep. weapon, mm-hmm. which they've done a bunch. A bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue cops. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's get to, the like, at the end of episode seven, like, another big, just, like, ah! sorry, punch to the gut. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I should have said shot to the gut. Yeah. Uh, I missed that one. Sorry. I was kind of hoping that the Judas bullet didn't do anything. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, like, it, it, it was, it's interesting because it steps on his power. Like, yes, it took, like, ridiculous force to mm-hmm. hurt him. Yeah. But 
I don't know. What do you? Well, what, what do you guys think? I was so conflicted by this moment because at first I was like, "No, Luke," and or I was at one point really concerned that um, Claire. Thank you. Temple was going to be hit instead, and that maybe we'd have like tragedy. Um, but then I was like, Judas Bullet. It was so cool. Like it was. It's so badass. Like I don't want to see anything bad happen it's, to Luke. But oh but, my god! But like no, technically, Joel, you did say that you wanted to see. Him get hurt eventually, you know and I you got did. it. Next episode, I did. It's gonna be. It's oh my god! Fault. It's all. It's all Joel's fault. As story a, structure. Yeah, <laughs> as as like as for telling a story, I get you need that Judas bullet. I thought it would have been funny that they've been building up this bullet for episodes, <laughs> and like this is the one that'll hurt him, and they do it, and like it just drills into a nub, basically in his chest. Who is that? And, Who's shooting at me? And, <laughs> hey, hey, stop that! Stop shooting at me, Luke Cage. And so basically, like we we learn what makes him like bulletproof. Yeah. Um. It, it has to do with his cells. Oh, so cool! So cool! I was nerding out so hard yes. with it. Like, I love when you get like crazy pseudoscience explanations of superpowers. Yes. It's so dumb, I'm but gonna... I can't help it. No, I literally <laughs> had a moment of like of like Breaking Bad. I was like, yeah, science, bitch! Like, it was awesome. <laughs> when, when Claire was like, your soft tissue is also high tensile. So and, like, crazy. And I was like. I don't understand how his body works then. <laughs> like, his his body does not make sense to me if his soft tissue also is bulletproof. But that's the thing is that like he like what they explain is that his cells are like the way that cells sort of like can separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um they just spring back. These are elastic. Yeah. So that's what it is like that's why he's still able to like move like yeah. seashells guys because science is so cool <laughs> so crazy to me i love how she used the the when he was like english and like she's like they're like legos like they just kind of just fit into place i was like yeah. that's so cool <laughs> um but it, so i guess that like basically this like the bullet which is made from they they imply last week the, in the in the last episodes um that it's made of chitari metal yep so cool. um which so Chitari being the aliens from mm-hmm. the yeah. Avengers, yeah. Um, yeah, or the incident as the incident. they keep referring to it, the scrap metal. in Netflix lore. Um, but so yeah, they found the scrap lore. I guess brought it to Hammer Tech, uh, or maybe it, it's just maybe Hammer Tech even got it legally. For all we know, I bet Hammer. Maybe. I bet Justin Hammer, like you know, after the incident, was in chart like had a bunch of subsidiaries that were like mm. cleanup crews for New York. Yeah. And part of that was like we get all of the alien tech we find. And that's yeah. that was part of his deal. Like I mean, I'll clean up New York. Keep in mind that uh with Stark Tech out of the military hardware business, yeah. somebody has to be manufacturing all of these all of the military's like Weapons. Hammer Tech was number two to Stark Tech. You know what? This makes sense for the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon where all police officers have laser guns. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was Hammer. That made you all very happy. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Hammer providing weapons to the military and to the police after the incident. And so part of that is he just gave the police laser guns. Oh my god. Um, but in this show... Um, but yeah, it's I think canon. It- it's canon. Ninety <laughs> Spider-Man cartoon takes place after Luke Cage. <laughs> oh, oh my, my 
my god. Okay. Um, I love how you guys both said, oh my god, because I was thinking that in my head. <laughs> so anyway, um, but it, it does seem that Hammer Tech, like, they, so that seems like the timeline that we would follow. Like, Hammer Tech cleans up the, the, the city yeah. after the incident. They take the metal that was on, like, the space whale's backs, the, the Chari, Chitari armor... They probably have Chitauri cool soldiers scooters. that they're experimenting on, mm-hmm. and they just they're, they're trying out different things with this metal, which would have different properties. It, like who knows where they got this armor from? These are keep in mind these are Thanos's soldiers, so yeah. like they've got some t- some tech, mm. some negative zone tech. Yeah. So I so once they've distilled the metal and then shot like the bullet, I guess it, it is just something about the. Metal is able to keep spinning even once it has hit a wall. Yeah. Um, so, like, I imagine there's some gravity tech involved there. And then it blows up. And then, yeah, and then because it, can, it is still, like, together, yeah. um, it's an explosive round, which is something that we have in re- real life. Like, there sure. are explosive bullets that shatter upon impact, um, which just makes it more difficult to... Like get the save a person, out. yeah. Because yeah. there's not like one. It's not like a nine millimeter bullet where you just like pull out the. Sh- the no, it's a bunch like of we saw with scarf a couple episodes ago. You yeah. just dig around and pull it out. I didn't know how. Like watching this, I'm looking at like the, the in episode eight. Like I'm looking at Luke, just like like what are we gonna do? Yeah. Like how? Like I mean, Chitari metal got in there. I'm imagining it can cut him open. Thank you. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, someone figure out to make a scalpel or something, yeah. you know? What you mm. what you need is a doctor who maybe can use his hands to go <laughs> into another dimension. We don't have time for that, guys. And... We can't bring Dr. Stranger. There's yeah. another month before we can call him, I Jesse. know. <laughs> He's busy, tr- I don't know, training? Also, don't Claire know. is a badass, and I feel like she's going to figure this. Like, this is her emergence as, like, the superhero doctor, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm so excited yeah. to watch her do her like detective doctor skills house style. Oh my god, it's awesome. <laughs> so cool! Uh, to, I, I want to clarify for people who maybe missed our last podcast where we explained what we were just hinting at. Oh yeah, uh, in the comics, it, when Luke Cage has internal injuries because normal surgeons cannot. Obviously, as Claire's trying to get the scalpel, and even Luke with his strength is trying to get the scalpel in, there's nothing you can do. So the only person who can perform surgery on Luke Cage is Doctor Strange, because he could just cast a spell and put, like, magic scalpels inside him that don't have to break the skin. Uh, Doctor Strange has not hit theaters yet, so we can't go to Mr. Cumberbatch for help. Doctor Strange, like the Surgeon General of the Avengers? (laughs) (laughs) Is he, like, making all the final decisions on every surgery? When you you smoke super cigarettes, there's a Doctor Strange (laughs) warning on it. (laughs) Like, may... May cause cancer or your brain to turn into a um, dimensional he, rift. He's not the Surgeon General. I believe his title is Surgeon Supreme. Yeah, there uh, you go. Uh, jokes. Man, I must be hungry because that sounded really good to eat. What? <laughs> oh, like a burrito that's Surgeon Supreme. I'll I don't take, know. I'll take one Surgeon Supreme to go, please. Thank yeah, you. I don't know. All right. I'm, I'm going to put a stop to this. I don't know where we're going. Okay, you turn. turn uh, yeah. All right. But so, Claire, like... The whole medical side of this, mm. I loved so much. Yeah. Uh, 
None of it made sense, but it was great. It made it made, but here's the: it made just enough sense, yeah, uh, that I was totally on board with it. Sure, like it's pseudoscience, which is obviously never like real, yeah. But it was just real enough for me to be like, "That's fine. I don't need to think about this too deeply." Oh yeah, yeah. He I, got his I, powers I in board. water, so yeah. shells. Yeah, totally. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> It's pathelial cells. I've never heard that word before, but I accept it as a thing. I'm sure it <laughs> nice. does exist. Um, <laughs> Diamondback. Whoop, whoop. You guys. Willis Stryker. My theory went out the window on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got, like, everything that built up to that was between Mariah and Shades, and Shades basically taking on this sort of, like, in charge mode, but, like, he... Shades has this way about him where he is like yeah no you're you're totally in charge i'm just making all the decisions here but you're totally in charge shades has a plan shades is lining things up to make it things good for shades and i really really feel like he enjoys being a second which is one of my favorite character traits that we don't often get done well like a lot of times like oh like no like supporting someone who is great it's amazing. Yeah. And watching Shade just kind of fall in love with Mariah and be like, oh no, you got this. Like, look at you. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love the relationship. The, the actor playing Shades is killing it because it's a really yes. weird and strange line that he has to play where it's like he has ambition, but his ambition is to be the best at being the second best. Well, which is But it makes sense so that he doesn't he doesn't nothing really falls back on him because yeah. he's just the guy in the background. He's the Dick Cheney. He's yeah. the devil on your shoulder, but yeah. because he's the one on the shoulder, he's not the one carrying anything out. Yep. He manages to keep himself completely separated dark. from it. And here's the thing, he's the guy who realizes that like Hollywood is run by the assistants. Mm-hmm. Like he's the yeah. one who knows that like the CEO isn't the, like the one who runs everything. Tony Stark isn't the one who runs everything. It's Pepper Potts who runs everything. Yeah. Like the assistant is the one who truly has the power because they're the ones that actually carry things out. Without them, nothing actually gets done. And at the same time, he is extremely intimidating. Like every time he like takes off his sunglasses and stares someone down, and it, and then like just says like two words to him, he's like, "Okay, I believe you," and then puts him back on. Like it's like this guy's an intimidating guy, and he's so shadowy. Yeah, like when he slips into Mariah's house, and you're just like, "How are yeah, you in I here?" Was like, what are you a ninja too? Like I don't understand <laughs> how this works. He just me. emerges from the darkness and then like says his piece and then just goes right back. <laughs> and just like supreme confidence, everything. Supreme. Like everything, listen, Sorcerer Supreme Confidence. Or, you know, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Zach's just like I know. I don't. I don't. I'm not with this. Stop. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I. I think that actor's murdering it. He's doing a great job. Uh, and seeing him interact with Mariah, where Mariah, like, this is the first time she's ever killed someone, and like, isn't exactly sure who she is. And Shades just is a kingmaker. He wants her to be the king. He's he's like, yeah, okay, here's what we're going to do. We have to have a good alibi. We have to clean up. We have to make sure. What did you use? Like, he just, he makes her 
the new king, and it's great to see. And I, yeah. I love how he's, like, very intuitive. He's like, okay, uh, did you forget anything? Is there anything missing? She's like, I did hit him with a wine bottle or a bottle. And he's like, did it shatter? And I would have never thought to think of that. And she's like, no. And they're like, okay, good. We can just, cl- it'll be easier to clean up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I would have never thought of that. But, I mean, that's just me because, you know, I'm not thinking about how to murder somebody and, and how to clean it up. Not today. And he's like. Not today. He's like fatherly proud that she yeah. ki- that she it's, killed him. It's the yeah. sweetest, most evil, like, weird thing it's so to me. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> when he puts on the gloves to go pound the hell out of uh, Cottonmouth's face. Oh, no. I was like, well, it was interesting because we haven't seen that shot since Cottonmouth killed the teen in, like, episode two. Yep. Um, and I I thought it was, like, a full exchange of power. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, a fun moment of, like, and new Cottonmouth. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it was also, it was just, like, it was calculated because he's making it look like it was a fight. Um, I do feel like the coroner could have could you can usually tell or at least tv shows have taught me that you can tell (laughs) uh like the difference between a blow before and after you can this erases a lot of evidence you know if it's the more his face is impounded the less you can get like a a clear murder weapon you can you can but also since uh like the detective said it was a crime of passion uh you could reasonably believe that this person kept punching Cottonmouth after he was dead. Yeah. And also, we know the coroner's dirty. So, uh, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Um, that, and then going back, we get Willis Stryker from the comic books in real life. He's not wearing his... It, oh. He basically wears snakeskin in the comic yeah, books. Yeah, can we, can we uh, look at, we've got, because like, <laughs> for those of you joining us on YouTube, like, we've got it's a the most photo ridiculous costume. of William Stryker <laughs> from the comic books. It's like he slipped into a snakeskin. It's, okay, no, while structurally, I'm and they, not really... And they, they even have, like, you're a snake. Yeah. Yeah, but I shed but, my skin. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. But okay, wait. Just talking about yeah. this costume. Yeah. While structurally it's a little ridiculous to have this big like um, mega turtleneck to like a high <laughs> collar thing in the back. Yeah, I like the coloring and the scaling, which I feel like is a thing a lot of snake comic things get so wrong. Yeah. So you know, like a quarter of it, it's working for me. Look, I'll take it. In comic book form, this like weird cobra it looking works. thing. Like, it totally makes sense. It works, especially because this is a character, remember, like, this shot is from the 70s. Yeah. Like, this was, I think he, he was, I think Diamondback appeared in, like, Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, like, number one. Something like that. Like, yeah, not sure. the first ever appearance of Luke Cage, but Luke Cage's first, like, solo yeah. book. And, like, like a bunch <laughs> of these characters, like, who came from that series, like, um, the, the lawyer we were just talking about, Ben Donovan, also mm. first appeared in, Luke, in, like, the Luke Cage, Hero for Hire run. I hope we get a moment... Like Jessica Jones, where like it's Stryker at home, and he hears Luke Cage. <laughs> he hears Luke Cage is alive, and he goes to get his clothes, and he like opens the he, <laughs> he opens his armoire, and he sees the striped yellow shirt and the high collared jacket. And he's like, no. Not today. And then grabs his fragrance. <laughs> I hope we get that Jessica Jones moment. It's such a You're really- talking about the moment with the jewel outfit? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we already had that from Luke, though. Yeah. <laughs> that oh would be God. amazing. Um, oh, God. It was ridiculous. Um, but so, like, Diamondback had a whole, like, uh, his whole plan, like, uh, 
Like, he had it out for Luke. Like, one, it was surprising that that was him. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. t- going to take him out. Like, he, like, at first, I'm like, oh, wow, that's like, he's like, this guy gets like down and dirty. Like, he does his own dirty work. And then it becomes, turns out that it's like ridiculously personal. Yeah. His brother? Yeah, they're brothers. Which to me, as we were saying a little before we started the show, I just always, I, I was like, weirded out that that was a revelation because I was like, oh, of course you guys are brothers, right? Because like, he said my dad, he's a preacher, and and Luke said that exact line earlier. Now Luke wasn't there for it; this was a shock for him. But I didn't pick up on that. Like you're right, that was in there. Like yeah. they gave you the hint. I just I didn't admit, I missed it the first time through at least. Okay, I respect it. I I I like this direction because it changes. The entire court, like this is this is a new Luke Cage now. Like yeah. they put their thumbprint on Luke Cage by making his brother Diamondback and a villain, as opposed to uh, who who kind of had like they just had familial disputes in the past. Like I mean, it's a big one. He lied about Luke's father being dead and separated their relationship after Luke goes to jail in the comics. That's how their relationship works out there. But to have him be vengeful and coming back and the one to want to actually pull the trigger and the fact that he's enjoying the hunt, like, he blew up an ambulance. Like, he yeah. is ready. There is no question in his motives. It's a, it's an amazingly cool storyline. Um, I think it's going to be heartbreaking and it really makes a difficult dilemma for Luke, who doesn't really enjoy killing I think we I don't think we've seen him kill anyone, right? No, he doesn't want yeah, to no, kill no. anyone. He's like Daredevil. Okay. Um so th- what do you do? Just puts people through like yeah. it doesn't kill people, but we'll take a guy and put him in the ceiling. And what they've well, what they've implied about these two and their backstory is basically like what they imply by the fact that he's br- brother. I'm mm. a, I'm assuming half brother. Um is that Luke's father had like a Side marital affair. Uh, had a could have had a had a baby. Uh huh. Could have been nicer about that. You could have just said like another woman. Or... Another woman. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know how long it went on. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, he had he had another son with with like a a lover. Yeah. Uh, he had an affair, and I guess strike either, either striker knew. Then or he found out since, and it just it made the fact that he already felt like Luke got a lot of the glory that he felt he deserved from football, which yeah. especially in the South is such a central like central point for everything that you it's do. Religion, up. yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's religion, yeah. Well, and I like the extra step of instead of making it like, oh, I was the smart one, and you were like. The Braun, they both played football. Like they were both on the field going out, and it sounded like he might have been coach as well. Like yeah, he dad, was. That's yeah. what they. Yeah, they yeah. Said. So the idea that it was, there was nothing he could do on the field. Like he just wanted Luke to be the one. Well, it's also interesting because Stryker was the quarterback, mm-hmm. which should, should be the hero, the star of yeah. the show, and Luke was the running back. And instead, they just ran running plays and didn't let the quarterback do his thing. Well, yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, it paints a very specific picture, yeah. which I like. And it goes against a lot of uh, norms in these kinds of stories. I also loved Luke shoulder tackling that column yes. and bringing him down. Yes. Very uh, Samson and Delilah, like as he's taking oh, down yeah, the sure, towers. Yeah. Well, 
I really love cool. the whole scene, that whole sequence. Yeah, like it was once beautiful. they break into the theater, because um, that is like the, like people forget that like it's still it's Harlem, but it's New York. Like, and there are beautiful theaters everywhere. I don't know, I don't know offhand what theater exactly that was, was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is like. Like it was the one right next to where Batman's parents were killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, but like, it's a gorgeous, ornate theater, which is what you find in New York, and mm-hmm. it was just this like beautiful place to have this kind of standoff. Well, and especially to get such. I'm so sorry. It's just a really cool uh, villain monologue that had almost no cliches in it, which is so rare for a villain monologue. Like, yeah. they always get, like, their one-line zinger in or whatever. They kept this really, like, neat and clean and you felt the resentment. Especially in that shot as he's just standing at the edge and waiting for He did for have his one-line Did he? Though. Did I miss it? What did he get? I see, like, you really are a snake. I shed my you know, skin and came back scene. stronger. Well, here's... Well, I was like... <laughs> that monologue, I was like, this is Iago. He was saying, like, yeah. everything that's ever caused you pain, that was me. I sent you to jail. I didn't kill your wife, but I sure as hell enjoyed it. <laughs> like, everything that that has caused you pain, I was like, this is Iago. He's doing Iago's speech, basically. Yep. And it was like, oh, and it's in this beautiful theater. He's up, and Luke is down. Like, a very kind of, like, Shakespearean Well, kind and then of... not on the stage, but in the audience. Yeah, Like, exactly. having watched the performance of Luke's life play out. Yeah. It was cool. It was great. And it was, like, a beautiful scene. And, like, Luke had to bring him down to his level... By shoulder tackling a column, which I, I loved. That was badass. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I'm I'm interested to see how it continues to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole the the big like villain we've been teasing forever uh, is actually your long lost like brother rival is a little convenient for yeah. right now. Like because only because. They didn't know who Luke was for the longest time. Like he, it's a big chance that he happened to be there for this to be for getting back at Luke Cage to be like what what they set up in this episode to be his like primary motivation. Especially because Luke is not from New York in this series. They have him as being from Savannah. It seems strange that brothers would end up in the exact same place. Well, well, I think the thing is, is like if you thought. Carl Lucas was dead and you and then like you're a mob boss and your brother was a running back and then uh you start hearing about this guy who's bulletproof and like oh that that's inconvenient like it would take you a while to like actually put two and two together right like you wouldn't immediately think the bulletproof guy was I think as soon as Luke Cage was like caught on film and camera that's when Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't mean that it makes no sense that he like came there and all and all that. Yeah. I just meant the like the the fact that these two are now like going that that the bad guy we've seen before anyone had any connection between gotcha, the two yeah. of them. It just like it's it's convenient in a comic book way. In the way sure. that comic books often are. It, like, look, it's not it doesn't stop my enjoyment of this series sure. for a moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's just yeah. how you got to tell that story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what what else may be revealed about how this all came together, uh, but like they were pitted, like they apparently these two have been pitted against each other, and now by fate. Luke's been shot again mm. uh, in the shoulder. In the shoulder, yes. like with a, with another Judas bullet. And I'm really he, glad it wasn't yeah. a heart shot. 
Like, I feel like... like it was a little too high. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And, and on the wrong side. Like, the idea that, like... Oh, yeah, it was. He's, mm-hmm. he's got gut and then shoulder. Like, you can make those. If we can get those out, you're going to be fine. Heart, would I think, would have been it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to kill Luke Cage. <laughs> they're not, but I still worry. You know, like, but with the, a lot of trauma. With the fact that, like, right now, like, when he first started coughing up blood, mm. part of me was like, oh, man, he's going to cough up the bullets. And then he's going to be like, I'm fine now. <laughs> like, or so, I, I, don't, I don't, I like, it, it would have been, like, weird, but, like, part of me thought this was going to happen. Like, because right now, I don't know how we get those bullets out, the fragments out, without maybe magnets or something like i don't know know what we do to get oh my god those out i mean alexis i feel like we have like we can't see you right now but i want to know what alexis thinks come back alexis um but wait what's happening sorry (laughs) i was was trying to do with a little with a little person down here Uh, my my dog it's the puppy again there's not a little person under the i call him my little person but yes my dog i'm sorry that would be weird what were you asking? Uh, <laughs> um, How do you think they're going to get those fragments out of Luke? Okay, so... And I'm curious. Um, uh, well, chat roll, if you have not watched ahead... Oh, yeah, that's actually big true. thing, because I would love to get... I love to get predictions from like, yeah. the fans, but like I know a lot of you know the answer. Yeah. So if you know the answer, don't say it. But if you haven't watched ahead of us... I want to know theories. I like EKG machine where they just put him yeah. in, do a scan, and then they just uh, sh- everything just sucks so right out of the it's magnet. A that would be real crazy. big magnet. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna blow the thing up. Yeah, but Luke will survive it. Yeah. Um. Well, for me, uh, it's it's tough because um, I was thinking that maybe there was a way that I mean I don't know if they could break into Hammer Tech to like get. Ooh. Fragments and then make a scalpel or tools or More surgical tools. Scenes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's um, a good. Uh, that's a good aim. Yeah, to, to to do that. Or I don't know if there's a way. Is there a way to <laughs> like melt skin? Um, like fire? I don't know. Like a blowtorch? Um, not well. Uh, Luke Cage doesn't burn. Okay, yeah. as we I saw I in didn't know if it was Jessica just, Jones. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I thought maybe there was going to be some sort of, like I don't know if you can use like acid or something. You um, know. To like melt it, I mean Here's that would kind of be cool. Here's my theory: He's gonna flex real hard, and the fragments and are gonna, gonna pop shoot out. out. Yeah. Get out of here! Yeah, Get out. <laughs> Joel is not amused. Like it's a human face. moment, and I don't want to see him go superhuman to solve the Super issue. Saiyan, just like him, yes. actually just grow hair, and then everything just explodes <laughs> out, and then he's like, "I am now a Super Saiyan." I pictured like a very blonde afro. <laughs> I want it. Oh I want it like boba 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 boba, like blonde afro, but like oh, his Jesus. eyes are glowing. It'd be great. Oh. Oh <laughs> Zach's right. like, Stop this is it. exactly what we don't want. <laughs> but All anyway, right. I think that if there's if there's any way for us to get like actual fragments of the alien tech from Hammer Tech, that would be awesome. Um, or like, yeah, like I said, just any type of things that we can use to make uh, surgical tools, like I don't know, like yeah, like a scalper or tweezers or whatever. And then if not, like I said, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there's any way to like melt skin. Uh, I don't know. I think that would be really cool. Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, any other thoughts on these episodes, guys? Um, any other bi- like uh, some some fun uh, Easter eggs uh, that oh, I, yeah, fa- I found? There. There's one that I really that was like super deep, like trivia nonsense, but I really enjoyed it. Um, if you look in the alley scene when uh, oh, Misty, where Batman's parents were killed. 
get out. When, get out. Just get out. When uh, Misty, when Misty comes and and finds Claire, and oh, we need to talk about Claire versus Misty. Oh yeah, uh, in Woo! a second. But like after like that whole thing of when uh, Diamondback drags Misty outside, you see on the trash can it says "Timely Trash." Uh, Timely was one of Marvel Comics' former names before yep. it was Marvel Comics. Uh. So it's just the same that you had Atlas uh, uh, Publishing, I think. Yeah. Or not Atlas Publishing, but uh, Atlas something was across the hall from... from Jessica? Uh, no, oh, it was no, from, from uh, Daredevil. Yeah, it was Daredevil. from uh, uh, the Nelson and Murdoch offices. Yeah. Uh, they're just like tossing in these like super deep cut like history uh, references. I really appreciate it. it made I me like giggle. It. Uh, I'm glad that Misty was not taken hostage for very long. Yeah, I was like, are they going to damsel and distress her? Because that, that would really bother me. But I was also... sort of waiting for one of those Judas bullets to hit her hand. Oh my god! And then blow it up. We're, we keep her waiting arm. for the hand accident. It's, it's like hot tub time machine, <laughs> where they all know the guy's going to lose his arm, <laughs> and they keep looking for the incident to happen. That's oh, me and Misty. Oh. Yeah, I know. Um, Every time there's a that's circular the sign. Perfect analogy for what we're doing when we watch her on yeah. the show. When are you going to get your golden arm? Oh my goodness. Joel. Well, I'm glad that they did not uh, have Missy be a, a damsel. Um, I'm also glad that she seems terrified and further damaged by yeah. this because the strong black woman stereotype could have easily flourished in this moment of like, I'm not afraid of a gun. I'm Misty Knight. I'm super strong. Um, but instead, we got to see her, you know, uh, have to dig really, really deep and be so strong in this moment. And that it was co- difficult for her to muster that. Like, if you're just gonna shoot me, just shoot me. I was like, Misty, no! Don't die. You can see her, like, whole life flashing before her eyes. It was a really, really intense and kind of heartbreaking scene. Um, especially, especially when Diamondback laughs at her. And I just, I yeah. didn't, it was a lot. It was really good. Uh, and even, like, when he hit her with the gun, I was just like, ugh, like, it, it hurt. Like, it was like one of the, like, in a show where about a guy who can't be hurt, there are a lot of moments that just hurt to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I and I love the moment where she when she brings Claire in. Yes, because mm-hmm. um, Luke gets away, but they have Claire, and Claire's just like, you know what? I don't need to deal with this. Uh, earlier, she when she, for Luke, she's like, you know, I have a lawyer friend, and then they interrupt and we're like, like no, friends. please bring the lawyer friend. We know your lawyer friend. He'd be the perfect person. He's to call. great at flippy things. He really, really help us here. Uh, and she's like, I need a lawyer, and we're like, I know one you could call. I know one. He's your buddy. He'll totally come uptown, even though it's like forty blocks. Like Foggy Nelson will be everyone's here. Everyone's acting like it's. I mean, it's more than forty blocks. It's like what? What would it be like a hundred blocks? But like, sure, it's but still like one train ride. <laughs> he will come. It will not be difficult. He could call a taxi, order an Uber, like or just make flippy it. thing from building to building. He'll be there in like thirty minutes. <laughs> you get a pig- you call it flippy thing. <laughs> he could get. He, well, we, we always joke about it, so far in every Daredevil series. He does that one kick. Where he like spins two times and then kicks the guy yes, like on a, in a downward motion. Yeah, it's like, like, you could have just punted him, like just <laughs> just done a regular kick. It would have been fine. It's too cool though. You gotta awesome. do that because uh, they don't see it coming. I thought anyway. that was good. I also again, I think Misty Knight is playing the game there, mm. where she's trying to make it look like she's going after Luke Cage. 
so that her bosses think that she is doing her job. Maybe. I did not feel again that Missy had yeah. any control of herself in this situation. I, that's more how I felt. Like okay. that's it's possible because she is very smart, but I I'm with Joelle. I think she sort of lost control of herself, and that's why she attacked Claire. What I what I'm very curious about is in like how this would all play out like in an actual like arrest and trial like you basically have two witnesses like Luke Cage has an alibi mm-hmm. he was with somebody during all that time yeah uh ver- and they like versus the uh uh versus the witness uh Candace from uh the club who was the person we met back way back in episode uh one yeah carried well, the luke champagne would, up for her well yeah. luke would get acquitted because his dna is all over those scenes Van, like yeah. yeah he he got shot in a park there's got to be blood in that park where he got That's shot and be- there's got to be blood in that women's clinic there's got to be blood everywhere like so the women's clinic is the later park. yeah but, um but, but like if we're establishing a timeline of where he's been yeah you would know that like and they found the blood they found the bloody gloves like in the trash at pops yeah um, which like I, I still like doesn't with the alternate story of like a frame job, mm. like it's so e- it, please it's easy to break into pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like it, if this went to trial, it would not hold up because you would just have you would send someone to collect samples in that park, and then unless the judge unless the judges paid them uh, bought and paid for. Yeah. Um, because like there is just enough that you could like for like papers and things mm-hmm. like no we had a witness we had bloody gloves like yeah but like if we're talking beyond reasonable doubt with a jury I'm saying, you oh, wouldn't get a full yeah. jury of people thinking that Luke was guilty maybe uh you sort of hope so. Unless they're all bought and paid for. Yeah. Or if unless the trial happens outside of Harlem for some reason. Oh, that's If he true. commits a crime somewhere else and they do the trial up there. Like in Harlem, like a jury of his peers would probably have him released, but somewhere else, like uptown. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they're... I'm sorry. <laughs> further downtown. Yeah. It would still maybe be uptown by uh, definition, but <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to... There's not much more uptown than Harlem. This is true. Uh... New York talk, guys. Don't worry about it. Hey. Uh, Buffalo? It's no. not uptown. Okay. I'm wow. A, I'm, a, I'm a West Coast boy. I don't know. It's upstate. I grew up yeah. in the forest. <laughs> oh, my God. Magical tree nymph. Go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was raised, um, I was raised by Sasquatch. Anyway, uh, let's, I, I, well, let's, before, we, before we wrap out of here and give uh, our final thoughts, let's, uh, let's talk some news and gossip. Yes. Yes. Uh, if we could, because there's some really cool things as uh, the soundboard opens up uh, that I think would be just cool to talk about. Like, um, we don't need the sound effect. No. Because we're cooler than that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's look at the. I want to. Sh- like, this is just fun stuff. Yeah, let's do uh, it. The LP. Is being for Luke Cage is being released yes, like yes. So the cool. vinyl yes. record and it, it's so just, beautiful. Just look at it. It it's being designed by Mondo Tees. Who, if you're not familiar with Mondo, they have designed some of the most amazing posters ever, like yeah. licensed stuff. Um, and they're putting out so like it's 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 the music from the from the soundtrack double LP. 
Uh, so two records. They're yellow. And they're yellow. <laughs> it's so they're cool. They're yellow, and they have this gorgeous Ugh. art of Luke Cage in a hoodie being with bullets deflecting. And it's not what I'm officially eye. calling the iconic hoodie, because it's the, it's the only time we see him in the gray with the yellow in inlay yeah. in the hood, and then with the bullets bouncing off him, which is the dedication to Trayvon Martin. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. I must have yeah. it. Well, you beat me to the next piece of news. I'm so sorry. Uh, Skip things. Uh, but yeah, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. I already ordered it. Uh, if you do want it, I if if you're hearing this, go right now to Mondo Tees. You got it. Yeah, because they're uh, gonna sell out. Because they are like I le- they probably will print new ones, like print more later. But if you want that yellow, you've got to do it that now. First edition. Like, it's already Saturday. It went on sale yesterday. Uh, it might not be there for long. I'm just saying. Like, the fact that it's still there is, like, rare for Mondo. Uh, and then it's going to ship at the end of the month. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's uh, awesome. Just in time for my birthday. Yay. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Oh, my God. They also have a Luke Cage enamel pin. What? Sorry. Oh, with uh, a tiara, With guys. a tiara. It has yeah. a tiara. <laughs> um, anyway. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Um, it's still available, for the record. Uh, the other thing was uh, the costume designer uh, Stephanie. Uh, I forget her last name right now, but she said she was speaking this week, and she said that uh, the reason that they put Luke Cage in a hoodie because obviously his his normal costume uh, was what we saw a few episodes ago, yeah. uh, and even though they weren't going to do that. They could have put him in any number of things, but they in the put current him in... Power Man Iron uh, Fist thing, it's the same. It's similar to the outfit he wore to Pop's funeral with the silk vests and things. Like he's usually in a very nice suit currently yeah. in the iterations. Yeah. Well, he's a dad. Yeah, uh, he's got to dress like a dad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, but they decided to put him in a hoodie as his like costume, like his regular thing, as a specific uh, tribute to Trayvon Martin. Mm. Who was famously uh, killed because he, quote unquote, because he was wearing a hoodie the, and that made him look dangerous. The big soundbite was he was in a hoodie, which made him look like he was someone who was up to no good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we haven't really touched on it, but with like the culture that's happening in the United States right now, there's a huge division between people because, uh, I mean, right now there's a show about a black man who was bulletproof and there are a lot of innocent black people being shot and killed by authority figures and so like, i think this as a tribute to trayvon martin i think is yeah. accurate and apt yeah yeah i mean the whole series like uh chio coker has talked about like before and i think i can't remember if we mentioned this on on the show yet but like so. he him just saying that uh they never set out to make like a Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. show, that was never the intention. This yeah. Luke Cage has been in the like in the like pipeline for years and yeah. years. Like they they knew when they, as soon as they decided we're going to do these like street level New York City Netflix heroes, it was I think he was very it was like one of the obvious choices. And they were like Daredevil's the first one mm-hmm. because he's the big name that mm-hmm. people will recognize. Uh, the the. Jessica Jones was like we they wanted to make sure they got a female hero in there and she has a very unique story. Yeah. And then Heroes for Hire was like the was right at the top of the Duh. list. Like whether it was gonna be separated into Luke Cage and Iron Fist series and stuff, like that was still be to be determined. But this has been in the works for years. 
And he and what what Coker basically said is like the fact that we just happened to be making a show about a bulletproof black man in today's climate was just a happy accident. But they were never going to steer anywhere but directly into that story. Well, I think I think it might be a happy accident, but I also think like this is a narrative that's been in the American culture forever. Like, like it's so like I think Luke Cage, the original character, is kind of a response. To an earlier version of what we're feeling now, kind of yeah. thing. Well, later Luke Cage, like 90s yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah, 90s Luke Cage. 90s yeah. Luke Cage is definitely a, a cultural response. I mean, the original iteration, like the idea of Luke Cage initially was more of a like, hey, black exploitation films are big right now. Yeah. Uh, what can, what, not like when you, when I say like, what can we do to exploit that, which is sort of the, the thought was not like well, in the sense of like, like yeah, yeah, it absolutely. was, yeah, capitalize is probably a better yeah. word. Just like we see what's popular, what's selling, let's do that. Well, we're yeah. post 60s inclusion and we don't have a black superhero, it's not a hot look for us. Um, and black exploitation is the way that this community is currently conversing with each other so we can use that art we can appropriate it and sell it back and those early stories are not so hot it's really not until they get into iron fist which also appropriates a lot of culture um and combine the two Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's you're just like oh this is how this works they're they're buddies (laughs) and and through that narrative they were able to start building the cage into like a person um and then we get 90s luke cage um and there's some smaller stories in between there but when 92 luke cage comes out and he goes to chicago and we get the cool backstory with everything like this is when he flourishes and becomes like a like a black man of the streets and it's really cool it's worth it to read it if you guys haven't it's it's a lot of fun it's a great series yeah yeah um uh, it this show is just it it's hit so many different levels um so many good things uh favorite moments from the episode as we sort of close out um for me just like one thing we didn't talk about there was this great moment with mariah and shades when they're in the car and Mm. she's talking about like Mm -hmm. and he's saying oh well what do we do about candace and she's like well we might have to if we have we might have to kill her might make it look like a home invasion might might have to look at home invasion but that part that part was badass yeah that part was was like like whoa but the part that like really sang to me in terms of script was that that moment where she said to it it's it's like you know duke ellington used to live here and she lists off these people and say, like, I would hate to kill the property value. You get like, every level of Mariah in yeah, that. Yeah, like this is somebody who cares so deeply about this community that, like, she knows the intricacies of who lived in what buildings. I know. And yet Lawful she's evil. like, well, <laughs> we gotta kill people. We gotta kill people. But she's also, but she's also like a criminal mastermind. She yeah. watched yeah. people do it for so long, and it's instinctual. She knows what to do. But also, she's an opportunist. Like, the fact that it doesn't stop it, like, it would be a shame if we, like, degraded that history. It would be a shame if we brought the property value down. down. Yeah. Like, you get every level of her in there. Yeah. And it's so cool to see Black Mariah, who's been a really not a great character throughout the comic series, turned mm. into this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That was an amazing moment. Yeah. Jesse, Alexis, any any favorite moments we didn't get to? Uh. I mean, I feel like we covered all my favorite moments. I like just in general. I love the interaction between Mariah and Shades. Just any of any of those moments. More are, of this, please. Are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I want them. I want them to be best friends forever. Forever. 
I want them to. BFFs. I want them to exchange bracelets. Go get coffee, <laughs> guys. What's up? BFF. Oh, I don't even. I don't know about the coffee. I don't <laughs> know about that. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I will hundred percent about it. No, nope. I ship everything. Though. I love that. That's when, true. I love that. That's so Luke. true. Was it? This might have been in the other episodes. But when Luke was talking to Claire and was like, "Hey, we could go back," and she was like, "Oh, I know you don't drink coffee." <laughs> that was yeah. That was, yeah, it. It was yeah, okay, yeah. But uh, uh, but yeah, I think I think Shades and Mariah like the King Builder kind of mm-hmm. story is really interesting to me. So those were my favorite moments. Yeah. Um, lastly, I want to make sure we get some uh, some lyrics in. I think yes. I may have missed on the last Go episode, so I apologize yeah. for that. Uh, but uh, in, but like again, they, they these choices are so clear and evident. Like why they picked each title for for each episode. So like the first one, manifest, which is obviously the one where Mariah takes out uh, Cottonmouth. Like I'm elite. I'll defeat, delete, and mistreat. Make mincemeat of other fools, because I'm the brother who'll snatch up the funds. Make lonely ones. I meant it really, because I'm clearly obsessed. And these are the words that I manifest. Yes, like Mariah. that. Like oh, to, could easily just be Mariah being like, "This is it!" Like smack down a window. Yep, you did. Um, you did. And, <laughs> you did. Uh, and then blowing up the spot was episode eight, uh, and. Uh, Oh man, it hadn't highlighted what I highlighted. Uh, Literally, I got some brand new Tims. So MCs sing new hymns. Uh, you better repent, come correct, represent, or get stomped, smacked, slapped, cat peeled back. I got you open, and now you cling to my sack. Woo! It, it, forget the ridiculousness of the last thing I just said, um, but the uh, but like. The fact that they picked a song where they're talking about singing hymns mm. and repenting, as like we got the we got this character of Diamondback who keeps like quoting scripture, mm-hmm. and like did anybody else notice him rhyme? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. When, yep. <laughs> when he's like, I see Luke's taste in uh, women has stayed the same. He liked uh, what was it? He likes uh, frizzy hair and a tight frame. frame. Yes. At first, I thought I genuinely thought for a moment that this guy was going to talk in rhyme. It would have been, that been so moment. weird for me. This is Well, this is pure exploitation moments of like yeah. the no, like rhyming villain. Yeah, yeah which I, again, every time we get these little, just a little taste of it, it's so gratifying it's to awesome. watch it in a modern setting. And it's a lot of fun. There's a couple of things I'm, I know we're not going to get, but I wish we could get. Like, um, I really wanted to see when and how Cottonmouth developed that laugh. Because it's clearly oh, not yeah. something in yeah. his youth. And there's a moment that we're not seeing in his life where he went from hating being violent and being a soft person to finding a joy, like probably having to find a joy in it mm-hmm. in order to keep doing the jobs that were required of him. I really wish we could have seen that. I really want more. Um, Misty needs help. And I hope that it's not far away. Um, she is. No. I feel bad. Like we we've Missy's been through so much. We've seen her be so strong, and now that she's come to this place, um, no, I you think know, she's ready to crack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she needs a hug. No, girl, she needs to talk to somebody. <laughs> Let's be freaking honest. Hugs will fix everything. She can. I mean, you know that. You know how much I love hugs. But like, I feel like this girl has been through a lot, especially that last scene. I think that she just needs someone to actually physically talk to. She's not going to do it, but I know she needs someone to actually talk to. She should talk to Trish. Trish talk. Trish talk. Um, all right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us talk uh, over here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. Those of you who joined us live in the chat roll, we appreciate it. Uh, if you are joining us live, we're, we'll be back in two hours at about, I'll say, like 
120, 125. Uh, to talk about episodes 9 and 10. We're going to watch them right now. Oh my god. And then come back in. Um, And then we'll be back again next Saturday to review episodes 11, 12, and 13. The final three. Uh, That's the 15th. Um, But for now, still got to talk about 9 and 10. Uh, Oh my god, I'm so excited. Uh, If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud uh, or YouTube, depending on which way you are enjoying this podcast. If you are enjoying it, go on to iTunes and hit us with a review. We really appreciate it. Um, You guys made us the number seven TV film podcast on all iTunes um, in a day. Like, last Sunday, we were number seven. We moved up to number six on Monday, and we've, like, we moved down a little bit since then. But I trust that you guys will get us right back up. You guys rock. On Monday when these uh, episodes come out. Um... Oh man, I have been. Uh, you, I'm proud of uh, of you of my team here. Joel, Jesse, Alexis was there a second ago. Uh, <laughs> Tari, we Tari. looked up at Alexis's camera and then she had like it gone to empty. fix a problem. I'm sorry, there was someone at the door. <laughs> I was thanking you. Um, oh hi. But uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, I've been your host, Zach Wilson. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson. Hi, guys. I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Joelle Monique and every week at BlackGirlNerds.com. Go to NerdsOfColor.org to check my review of Birth of a Nation. Ooh. Uh, I am Jess Klein One. You can find me everywhere at Jess Klein One, J S S K L E I N, the number one. On Wednesday the nineteenth, my sketch team Haymaker has its one year anniversary. If you have seen a Haymaker show, you know it's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. We might burn the theater down. It's at the Pack Theater in Los Angeles. You can go see it there. Yeah, don't do that. uh, a couple days ago, I did Aristocrats at Jazz pl- Jash Play. That's where I went and played Dungeons and Dragons for three hours with some comedian friends of mine. It was a lot of fun. It should come out anytime on YouTube. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's all you can see me at for now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm Alexis. Alexis Torres. You can find me all over social media as Torres 890 I'm actually going to be starting probably after Luke Cage uh, on my Saturdays, if you like seeing this face. Uh, I'm going to start actually doing Twitch streams of video games that I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Just because I miss it, because, again, I'll be getting my Saturdays back mostly. You know, even though I love hanging out with these awesome people, I also want to play video games on Saturday mornings. Sure. So Respected. definitely check that out. It's going to be twitch.com slash Torres 890 Go check it out. Great. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us at AfterBuzz TV for the Luke Cage After Show. Thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Sweet Christmas! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.